Hello, everyone. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Golf My First Love podcast show. Thank you guys for all your likes and feedbacks on our social media pages such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We really appreciate all your support for the show. Just to give a little bit of background, Strawberry Farms Golf Course wasn't created until much later in the 20th century. It all began on an agricultural farm known as Tanaka Farms. Tanaka Farms was founded by an owner in 1991 in Irvine, California. If those of you who do not know where that is, it is located in Orange County, which is basically Southern California, um, one out of the 50 states. So going back to Tanaka Farms, it was just a barren land of fruits and vegetables where people would get their staple crops in order to eat with their meals. It was it was maintained by farmers who would pick up the vegetables and such as cucumbers, carrots, strawberries, um, you can name it all. And finally, until 10 years later, it was bought by a Korean owner. And the Korean owner basically hired um, his co-founder to maintain the farm. And after 20 years later, they created Strawberry Farms Golf Club, which at first was just Greenland, no driving range, no Henry Burton Golf Academy. They didn't develop that until many years later. And as mentioned in the third episode, Coach Blake was the PGA professional who met Henry Brunton up north, where Henry Brunton asked him, he was creating an academy and he was wondering if Blake was interested and become one of the head professionals teaching the academy. Therefore, four years ago, in 2015, they opened Henry Brunton Golf Academy. Um, like we said before early in the show, there were no kids, no classes, no junior programs until Gavin Witzer was also a PGA Pro that came on board along with Blake and they started with the summer golf camp. So that's kind of how the Henry Brent Golf Academy started. Today I would like to introduce you my sixth and final co-host which will be Henry Brenton himself. He is a PGA of Canada master professional and has been for the past four years ever since Henry Brenton Golf Academy got started. I would like to interview him and to get to know him a little bit more about how he grew up with the game, his why he or what made him decide to become a master professional and have his own private lessons as well as the group the skill sessions as well and kind of his future vision for the academy going forward from today's present day. So thank you Henry for your time to be on the show today. Just would like to come up with the first question for you. All right, Henry, thank you so much um, for being on the show today. My first question I'd like to ask you is, who introduced you to the game of golf when you were a child? Well, it's great to be, great to be with you, Marissa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got introduced to golf, uh, I'm from a small town in Canada, mm-hmm. and I was introduced to golf by some friends of mine who we were children, who are my baseball friends, and they were playing golf. Their parents played golf. It was a small golf course in my hometown, and I got a chance to go to that golf course and caddy for them and then hit a couple of balls and then I did that and instantly got hooked. Oh wow, very cool. Um, so you got introduced by baseball. Have you did you play baseball when you were young? Yes, well? yeah, oh, I played cool. baseball. I played all sports or mm-hmm. most all sports that we had available to us. Mm-hmm. And then obviously fell in love with golf the most. Oh, that's very cool. So what age did you start taking lessons since you got into golf? Well I didn't have lessons. Oh. back in those days at least I didn't have that opportunity. Now we did have a I was a young kid, I was like 10 or 11 when I started to play golf. Mm-hmm. But we had a, a club professional 
uh, that's a bit of a stretch. It was a very small place, nine hole golf course, but the fellow that ran the golf course was a quote unquote golf pro. And he helped us out a little bit. It wasn't formal lessons, but he sort of guided us and helped us learn the game. Oh, wow, very cool. And do you happen to know the name of that person who introduced you? Yeah, his name is David Inch. Oh, wow. And uh, David cool. is uh, retired now and, and mm -hmm. still lives in the Ottawa Valley, which is where I'm from in Canada. Oh, okay, that's cool. So you're like a native of that town? Yes. In Canada. Oh, very cool. Um, so after high school, did you decide to play college golf at all, or was it in your perspective at all? Well, I'm from Canada, as you know, and uh, college golf was a world we really didn't know anything about. Wow. It was a different era. It was a different era. Mm -hmm. uh, there were two people in our city, maybe three, that, that in the bigger city of Ottawa, which was an hour from where I lived, that played college golf. We didn't know how they got there, how that worked. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't understand the landscape, so that wasn't really a possibility for me. Oh. So I went to the University of Ottawa. Uh, and studied uh, physical education and sports science mm. and uh, we didn't there was no golf team there but it was great to go to school there oh cool so you had like fun getting like going to school getting your degree did you get your master's or doctor degree after that or did you feel like that your undergrad was enough for I you? got my undergrad and I really focused on the golf aspect and coaching golf and mm -hmm. and sports science skills acquisition motor learning and then I, I did my postgraduate work if you will with the PGM master professional so I spent a lot of time kind of formally uh, mm -hmm. afterwards uh, in, in the uh, PGA doing my continual studies. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, so you, that's kind of like the route you took. Yes. Oh, very cool. So what made you or inspired you to become a master professional to teach golf? Was it like in your dream when you were little? Or? Well, I just love golf and, mm -hmm. and, and uh, teaching and coaching are things that I really enjoy doing. and fell in love with that as well as playing golf mm -hmm. and uh, yeah the more that I get into it the more I continue to love it so yeah it's just sort of what makes me happy and it's fun to make awesome. other people happy by helping them yeah I know like people say a lot you gotta um like work you have to like love what you're doing because it feels like um like any day that you work it's not really like work anymore it's kind of like you enjoy doing it it's your passion and you always want to like continue to like find that passion you know like something that's very hard for some people but yeah I'm very but, I'm very lucky I don't feel like I work Oh, uh, awesome. My wife would disagree, but, but uh, <laughs> I love what I do, and, mm -hmm. and, and I still have as much passion as I've ever had. Oh, that's awesome. That's great news. Um, next question is, tell me a little bit about coaching the Canadian national team. I know you coach like, many national teams, especially like, the Canadian ones. Um, what was it like leading them to like win tournaments or like just coaching them? Did well, it was really fun because uh, I was fortunate uh, when the Canadian uh, Golf Association, called the Royal Canadian Golf Association, mm -hmm. decided to embark on a national player development program wow. and create a national teams program, I was hired to lead that. Wow. So I was the national awesome. coach in Canada from the time we started the program in 1999 until 2011. So mm -hmm. it was really fun looking back on establishing everything from scratch. Mm -hmm. uh, we had so many great young athletes that we supported that put on, have gone on to do great things, many of whom are on, or several of whom are on the PGA Tour and LPGA Tour. Awesome. Uh, but it was really fun to to build a national program that so many athletes are now benefiting from uh, and coaches as well as time has gone on. Oh, okay, wow, that's awesome. Do you think, um, was there like a special like tip that you gave them or kind of like, um, was it like the training? What do you think like they benefited from, from like the team itself? Well, the, 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 the athletes that are involved in the program, mm -hmm. they benefited from the opportunity. So the opportunities mm -hmm. were amazing that weren't there before. So the opportunities mm -hmm. for them to continue to train throughout the winter months especially in warm oh, wow. weather climates. So mm -hmm. people on, on these teams got to go to training camps, which I conducted mm -hmm. in Florida, Arizona, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Uh, so they kept 
working and building their games. Mm -hmm. They got to be with other uh, sports science leaders, psychologists, uh, physical trainers, mm -hmm. etc. So they had all the resources and support that they needed to compete mm -hmm. with the truly world elite amateur and mm -hmm. college players. And, and they did that and they've continued to excel. Uh, many of whom have gone on to great success on the on the PGA and LPGA tours. Oh wow! So like you felt like the resources they had like benefited. They benefited from those. Resources. Well, yeah, they yeah. benefited from the mm -hmm. opportunity. They they put the work in. They were mm -hmm. the ones that that have achieved it themselves personally. But myself and the other sports science leadership people, we were there giving them the opportunity. They took full advantage of it. Mm -hmm. It was fun for us to be able to offer that to them. Oh wow, that's pretty awesome. Um, what's your best? What's the best part about being a coach of either like a sports team or just like teaching players in general? What's the best part of it? It's a, like? I love helping people. Helping so I like people. the human oh, element. Yeah. Helping people, watching mm -hmm. them grow and develop, and seeing mm -hmm. them uh, see the potential in them, help them realize their potential and their dreams, mm -hmm. and to to have a kind of a nice feeling inside that hey, you're helping that person become the best they can be. That's what mm -hmm. really kind of drives me. Yeah, definitely. Like stepping into that like leader position, like having others like recognize their potential and like where they can take that potential, like even after like that training session or that one lesson, that, that's really cool. Um, how did it feel to open the Henry Brenton Golf Academy in 2015? Did you have like any students back then or? Well, uh, I've, I've, even when I was national coach mm -hmm. uh, in Canada, I had a golf academy in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And so our academy in Toronto, uh, without sounding wrong, it was very successful. We were highly um, recognized. And then when I stepped down from that position in 2011, I decided that I wanted to expand into the United States. Oh, wow. And I was lucky enough to come here to Southern California. I was speaking at the Southern California PGA annual teaching summit and I mm -hmm. uh, met some folks that said, hey, you should open up an academy in Southern California. Mm -hmm. And oh, to make yeah. a long story short, I got introduced to people here at Strawberry Farms. Mm -hmm. And we started off in 2015 as a brand new academy with zero wow. students. and. <laughs> As you know now, we have a very robust academy with uh, seven full-time coaches and mm -hmm. a lot of activity and a lot of really fun programs that are, that are happening here. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's pretty cool how like, even though you didn't have like um, zero students to begin out with, I, you like naturally like met like um, parents and like students as like the academy began to grow. Um, I know um, Blake also mentioned that you met him up north, like at this seminar and like you kind of like... Um, introduce him to the academy. What was it like meeting him for the first time up north? Well, yeah, I met yeah. Blake. I was speaking at the Northern California PGA Teaching Summit. Mm -hmm. That's where I met Blake. He was working with, uh, he was working with a former colleague of mine at La Rinconada Golf Club. Mm -hmm. So I met Blake there and had dinner with him. And it turned out that uh, that he had designs of coming back to Southern Cal. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that the Strawberry Farms possibility was in the works could potentially work. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell him that. So mm -hmm. when it came to fruition, it was a natural thing to be able to say, hey, Blake, why don't you come and join me and we'll help build this together. And he's been oh, an wow. incredible, incredible, uh, you know, asset and catalyst to the growth of the Academy. Oh, definitely. Farms, yeah, so. that's cool. Um, I know, what was it like? Because I know um, Blake mentioned that it was him and then Gavin managing like the summer camps and the dream programs. Um, what was it like? for like the academy like the first couple of years when you're still trying to get students and still trying to get um, like um, business in the first couple of years? Well, it was exciting, but it was mm -hmm. looking back, I guess we were sort of naive and, and maybe a little <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't have a lot except a lot of desire mm -hmm. and a lot of passion. And uh, we made some mistakes here and there, but we made a lot of good decisions. And mm -hmm. the reality is that the academy has grown and succeeded because of the efforts of 
are terrific coaches like Gavin and Blake, mm -hmm. who are the initial primary uh, coaches here. Mm -hmm. And as we grow, and you're you're a shining star, Marissa, oh, we you. keep adding good people, mm -hmm. and they attract good people. So mm -hmm. that's you know, and along with our facility partners here at Strawberry Farms mm -hmm. and our excellent facilities, we're able to continue to grow and flourish. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. I know, like you mentioned to me earlier this summer, one of the key things about um, you see like in junior players is like not develop their golf game, but develop them as people. And can you explain a little bit more what that means to you, like for the academy itself? Yeah, we, yeah. we really believe that we're not really in the golf business, although we don't say that overtly. Mm -hmm. We're in the people development business. So oh, yeah. with junior mm -hmm. golfers, helping them grow and foster positive self-esteem, um, confidence, uh, self-assuredness, mm -hmm. all those things. When you, when you help them develop that through the sport, yes, their golf will get better. And yes, mm -hmm. we want them to play great golf, but we want to develop really good, high-quality, high-character people. Oh, yeah. So I think that's really what sets us apart is, yeah, we want them to play great golf, and we're happy when they play well, but mm -hmm. more importantly is, are we building good people? Oh, definitely. And I feel like um, the elements of, like, sportsmanship, having good golf etiquette, um, having good like having a lot of like integrity out there on the golf course even though like you may if it's like your first or second tournament if you don't win right away you're not discouraged about it um, you just kind of like you're thankful of having just like, the opportunity to go play golf because it is like a high privilege sport and just to be able like thankful because like not many people get the opportunity no it's a, it's a yeah. phenomenal opportunity and, and yes, people need yeah. to just enjoy it and, and it, mm -hmm. it comes with as you know you're a great golfer mm -hmm. it comes with lots of highs and it comes with lows it's mm -hmm. it's part of life part of life wow that's awesome um i know do you also teach privates as well in addition to like um school sessions at your um other academy yeah so I, when i'm in florida in, okay. in orlando at our mm -hmm. academy eagle creek i'm really busy with our full-time athletes so oh, we're cool. coaching and teaching those players virtually every day six days a week mm -hmm. so yeah there's lots of time for private coaching lots of time for skills training. I mm -hmm. don't do much in the realm of like everyday people taking a private lesson. I'm just too busy to do that, but I do, oh, okay. I do focus my energies on those athletes that are, are, in, are in camp in the mm -hmm. academy. Mm -hmm. In Toronto in the summer months, when I'm home for the summer months, I do teach typically perhaps six to 10 hours a week of privates. Mm -hmm. And oh, I, wow. I work with uh, mostly elite juniors wow. and college players and young professionals. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, so like when you're like coaching them, do you ever use like a device like TrackMan or take these with a swing just to see like um, where their like um, fundamentals are at? Or is there, is there like another way that you coach? Like, no, I ways? coach each person individually, but okay. I definitely use, I utilize TrackMan a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, not the deep minutia that some others may use it for, but mm -hmm. definitely use it for feedback, measurement, the video function and it's oh, a yeah. phenomenal tool also yes. just use regular video mm -hmm. and we have a host of other of other tools that we use as well but yeah we mm -hmm. we definitely use uh, the modern technology oh that's awesome yeah i feel like trackman's a beautiful tool to use for like a lot of young players because they get to like see like um visually what's going on with their swing you know how can they change their swing path and whatnot what would you recommend to a player um who like hits a golf ball and they start to like sway a little bit what a couple swing tips would you recommend to that player if they're swaying a little bit yeah, like off center like yeah. on their back swing yeah well you can you can help them hit balls with uh some some drills that would isolate that so for mm -hmm. example if they're swaying you could put a golf ball on their right foot oh. and have them lean into that golf ball on their back swing so they can't sway Interesting. isolate the movement have them obviously get more efficient at that movement and practice mm -hmm. that way and then once they sort of get the feeling at the pad then take that away and see if they can do it and then mm -hmm. if they're doing it really well then keep doing it if they're not quite doing it then switch alternate between the drill and, and, oh, and hitting normally gotcha that's cool so like so you feel like some drills will help like 
um, gear them in like the right direction of like what would you like them to do in terms of like sweet changes? Yeah, so that yeah. isolating the issue mm -hmm. and then focusing on it, lots of repetitions, that's what's oh, yes. gonna help people yeah. mm -hmm. get better patterns for sure. Okay, wow, that's awesome. Next, oh, um, my next question is, um, have you seen your players like, um, for like coaching them for so long, have you ever like been to like a US kids tournament or like um, a national tournament with these kids? Like, like, or have you seen your players play in tournaments? or what? Oh yeah, that's so, a critical yes, piece of yeah. coaching. So yeah. <laughs> as, as national coach, I travel around the world watching the athletes play in tournaments. Oh yes. So world championships, mm -hmm. international events, mm -hmm. national championships. And, mm -hmm. and so that, that's a big piece of coaching that's really not normally done in golf for whatever reason. Oh, yes, yeah. Watching people compete and mm -hmm. preparing them for the events and debriefing them. So that's a big part of it. So yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and also playing with them in training. Oh, so yes. yeah, playing with them, observing them playing, helping them identify the patterns that are positive, mm -hmm. isolating things that need to get changed, and that's how you help them get better. Oh, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I feel like, um, I know like a lot of coaches are busy because they have like a lot of back-to-back um, -back lessons, so they just don't have the time, but I feel like that is, I do agree that it is a crucial piece of coaching, seeing them actually apply those skills out like in competition when there's a lot of factors that come in, like there's pressure, you know, you're playing with like players that are better than you, how do you manage your emotions, or a lot of like factors that come into that. Um, have you ever seen um, players like overcome that, like when you watch them, or do they get nervous when you're watching them for the first time? Uh, most yeah, players, I'll ask them if they want me to watch them. Okay. They, <laughs> yeah. Most, for the most part, they do want that. Mm -hmm. And then when they know that I'm there to help them, and it's not, I'm not judging them. I'm just mm -hmm. simply observing and then giving feedback afterwards. Mm -hmm. There's no issue. So very rarely is there an issue with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. Because I know, like, um, I know, like, when I, before I went to college, I know, like, all the college coaches would, like, come, like, on the course, and, like, they would, like, try to recruit players. I know, like... Um, if a player was like interested in going to like Long Beach State or Kelsey Fort and they get all nervous, but I feel like um, the coaches like it's kind of funny like the coaches they're not to like judge you but just kind of like observe how you how you play so yeah that's pretty cool. Um, tell me oh you, I heard this summer that you're the author of the book called High Performance Golf. Um, could you tell me a little bit like what inspired you to write that book? Sure, yeah. I wrote my first book. I wrote it in two thousand nine called Journey to Excellence, mm -hmm. which was very well received and a bestseller in Canada which is really a book that helps young people that are exploring golf. Hey, I've discovered golf, I really like it, what do I do next? And so I wrote that with actually Canada's Sports Writer of the Year, this year, Michael Grange, and that was a very successful book. And then mm -hmm. I had requests for getting a, maybe a deeper dive into it for high performance players, so more really established junior players and college players. So I wrote a book called High Performance Golf in 2012, and that's also been really successful and is designed nice. to help young people and their coaches and their parents mm -hmm. uh, through the process of, of the elite golf world. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Do you feel like um, your junior players who read this book, um, do you feel like it will help them like mentally in their mental game a little bit when they go out and play? Yeah, no, for sure. There's, there's, yeah. a, lot, there's a lot of information in there on, mm -hmm. on the mental game. There's mm -hmm. uh, information there on the college recruiting process, oh, yeah. on tournament scheduling, on how to work with a coach, on... Mm -hmm. You know all the all the different factors that come into uh, developing as a top level player. Oh wow! So, uh, wow! So they do get a lot of even just like reading that book, or they feel like they're more educated on that. That was my that's yes. that, that's really my objective with the book is to oh, give yeah. them mm -hmm. the information and resources that they can take and, and move forward in the game. Okay, wow, that's awesome. Do you have a go to club when it comes to like chipping around the green or trying to make sure that you have good chip shots when you're out to like playing golf around a golf, for example? Like, what's your favorite like? Um, go to like wedge shot or well I, I have a wedge in my bag my 56 degree bulky that 
that I like to use for a lot of shots around the greens. Nice, yeah. But I don't use it exclusively, but I use it mm -hmm. for a lot of shots, and then mm -hmm. I use my my uh, lob wedge for sand play and, mm -hmm. and flop shots. But I think my 56 degree wedge is the one that I normally go to for the sort of standard and, and routine shots around the greens. Nice, that's pretty cool. Do you feel like it's like a reliable club to use? Like when you like take it out and you have like a 10 yarder versus like a 20 yard, do you feel like it will either like get you like close to the pin or what's the whole, how does it work? Yeah, it just it? feels yeah. comfortable. Mm -hmm. I know it's versatile. I know I can open it a little bit, hit a little higher, a little softer, I can close mm -hmm. it, make it run a little more. It's just like a nice pair of shoes that feel comfortable. I feel oh, comfortable yes. yeah. and, mm -hmm. and confident that if I can pull a shot off, and mm -hmm. sometimes I do. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. And my last question today is, what is your vision of Henry Button Golf Academy in the next four years? Because I know you mentioned it's like exponentially growing. You know, we get like a lot of junior players who become like interested, who want to get better. What do you see this academy growing in like the next three or four years? Well, we are committed as a team, as a coaching staff and, mm -hmm. and support team uh, to being, you know, best in class to be when people say what's the best golf academy out there we want to be at the top of that list if we can mm -hmm. we want to be a world-class academy where everyone feels and is treated so well as clients as students where the coaches say this is the best place i could ever want to be mm -hmm. where people try to recruit the coaches away but they say i'm not leaving here it's too much fun mm -hmm. so i want to great have provide a great environment for coaches to develop and excel and have mm -hmm have really nice, credible careers. I want athletes and people, regular golfers, to have great coaching services. Oh, yeah. And just mm -hmm. make, make golf fun and help promote the game and show other coaches, without sounding the wrong way, maybe how an academy can run. So that's mm -hmm. that's sort of the vision for, for this academy. Oh, cool, yeah, and that's pretty cool how like, um, you're kind of inspiring like young people, like um, this is like how you should practice, and this is like how you play. Um, and then when you have all these skills ready to go, this is like the player I would like you to be, you know? And that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Thank you so much for your time again, time again Henry. Marissa, it's a pleasure with you, and I want to wish you the best of luck, and we're really thrilled that you're going to be joining us after you're, you're graduated, and uh, the future is really bright for you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, much. appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Golf My First Love podcast. Thank you to my wonderful guest, Henry Breton himself. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to leave us a note on our Facebook page. Be sure to like the page as well on next week's show. Oh wait, there is no next week's show. This is it. So until next time, thank you so much.